This is From the Big House to the Penthouse Podcast. Stories of addiction and recovery. The lie is dead. We do recover. Ronnie, go. <laughs> What's up, good people? How you doing? Hey, uh, uh, man, I drove. I, I, I had a, I, I had a blank for a second. Ronnie, say something. Hello, everybody. <laughs> um, um, we just want to thank y'all for showing up to watch the podcast. Anybody who's watching, we really appreciate it. The lie is dead. We do recover. We do recover. That's right. Hey, um, so listen, my name is Ricky Cruz. I'm the uh, one of the co-hosts here. I have Raul in the background, my uh, engineer and great friend, Raul Moreno. He's behind the scenes uh, today. Um, and uh, I've got Ronnie. Ronnie Moll here, uh, a good dear good friend of mine. Did I say your last name right? Moll? Moller. Moller. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Say that again. Moller. Like Moller. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, this is Ronnie, man, my other co-host. Uh, uh, I'm happy to, to uh, be a, a, a trio here in this part where this is uh, from the penthouse to the, uh, uh, or from the, uh, I, draw, man, I keep drawing a blank. From the penthouse to the, I mean, from the big house to the penthouse. That's what go. it is. There you go. Well, that, yeah, we're getting that straight. Um, this microphone's a little weird. I don't know, man. It's throwing me off a little bit. So listen, man, what, what, uh, what's going on, man? What'd you do this weekend? Uh, just relaxed, um, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, you told me you were doing yard work Saturday morning. I didn't do no yard work. No? I don't do yard work. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, ju I just like enjoying my weekends. You know, I work pretty hard during the week, so I uh, uh -huh. I like to enjoy myself and just do things that, that we like to do. Okay. Enjoy life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, me too. You know, I uh, now ask me what I did this weekend. What did you do, Ricky? Okay. See, I'm, I'm back and forth by myself sometimes here. <laughs> I'm messing with Ronnie. Uh, you know what? Actually, um, <laughs> I like messing with Ronnie. Don't man. look at the crowd. I love Don't Ronnie, the, man. Stay I away love giving him a hard time. I'm going to tell you what I did. I'm, I'm very excited uh, what I'm doing. This is an, I'm, do, I'm trying a new thing. Um, I'm off on Saturdays now. This, is my, this was my sixth Saturday off, and I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know, man. I'm I'm going crazy, not doing anything. I uh, I, we we stayed at our we have an apartment downtown, and uh, my wife and I we leave we leave on Thursday evenings, and we pack our bags. We 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 go into Houston. We live like two blocks from the Toyota Center, beautiful uh, high, high rise apartment. So we go in, and she doesn't come into work anymore from Friday, all the way till Monday. She doesn't come back to work. She works from from the apartment actually on Friday all day long. And uh, she'll take strolls out to the to the uh, yoga. She goes. She'll go do yoga and and then uh, go eat by herself. Sometimes I get a little worried that she's gonna you know replace me, uh, spending so much time alone. You know, uh, uh, but um, I'm kidding. Anyway, huh? You. That's right. That's what it is. So, but me on Saturdays, I do come into work, and then um, now I've been taking Saturdays off, man, and I don't know what to do with my time. So now what we're doing is we're we're taking bike rides early in the mornings. Um, she sends me to go get bread at five a.m. That's a lie. I don't go get bread at five a.m. But they do have a bakery that somebody just told us there's a bakery around the corner, and I was going to go get some. That sounded so romantic, didn't it? Did it sound romantic? Yeah. No applause, Mister Engineer. 
Okay. Well, anyway, uh, listen. Here's the deal. I, uh, we have a ver some very special guests that I would like to introduce to you guys. We have Dolly and Kate, uh, Kay, that uh, from the Women's Shelter. Uh, Dolly, introduce yourself. Sure. Hey, everybody. So glad to get to be here. Thank you so much for having us, Ronnie, Ricky. We're super excited to get to join y'all. So we're from Adult and Teen Challenge of mm -hmm. Texas. Mm -hmm. We're a residential drug and alcohol recovery program. And uh, I serve as the director of the campus. I've been with Adult and Teen Challenge for 19 years. Wow, that's a wow. That's a good wow. 19 years. And wow. I totally agree that the lie, it's a lie. It's a lie. People do recover. People right. do heal. And we've witnessed that over these last 19 years, my husband also serves with this organization. He serves as the president of Adult and Teen Challenge of Texas, and mm -hmm. we just love what we get to do. I always tell people, if you haven't seen a miracle recently, you need to come out and visit one of our centers. So we've got a center right here in Houston in, mm. in Alvin. In Alvin. So we just opened up 20, <clears throat> or sorry, two years ago. Right. And super exciting. We have 20 beds right now in the facility, and we're right in the process of opening up a new 40-bed dorm. So you know, you're. I, I actually, I was very fortunate for you guys to, I'm very, uh, um, honored that you guys invited me and I had a, such a when I went man the, the place is beautiful it's beautiful I sat in that little in the uh, in the room where the where the young lady graduated from and I see there's a little lake outside very uh, 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 what's the word serenity very serene uh, I could just picture my somebody out there walking in the mornings and you know drinking coffee and you know and, and meditating and stuff like that look really cool and I see there's a building that somebody's working on out there uh, yeah, is that the one you're talking about the one. yeah, yeah. Working on it for like the last year and it's uh -huh. supposed to have been done in April but you know how buildings are right now so sure <laughs> we're like literally waiting on power to mm -hmm. be hooked up to the building and so but anyway God willing it should be done within the next month. Well, good, good. Super we looks like it sounds like we have you guys have something there uh, uh, to look forward to, and uh, yeah. So, would you like to introduce I your our other guest? Yes. All so right. This is Kayla Hashaw. She is one of our graduates of the program, so it's a year-long program. And Kayla went through it for a year, became an intern, even joined us on staff, and so she um, she's here with us to tell us a little bit about her story. Kayla, so glad that you're here with me. Introduce, there you go. Introduce yourself. All right. Okay, so um, I definitely can say, uh, yes, my name is Kayla, and I totally agree with it being a lie that mm -hmm. we do not recover. And actually, it's so funny that I heard that because I actually did a paper on that. You did? Yes, I did. Really? And yes, in my college courses that uh, we do recover, mm -hmm. and I believe that firmly that Jesus delivers us from that. And so it's just incredible just to hear that. But um, I was a staff member at Adult and Teen Challenge. Mm -hmm. I did go through the program. I actually spent 14 months, a little longer, but <laughs> right, right. I think I needed it. So you, you know. know where that came about? I'm going to be honest with you, uh, uh, where the, the lie is dead. We do recover. Actually, it, it's, it's been around for, for many years. I didn't bring I didn't I didn't make it up. I would like to take the credit, but I, I didn't. But <clears throat> early on, when we first started the podcast, um, one of our dear friends, uh, Lainey, she was running for city council, right? And she reached out. She reached out to us because she was being beaten by by some by a group of people uh, that were saying, "You know what? How can we be represented by a city council member that that did all this stuff when they were in their twenties? And it was like twenty something years ago, right? Wow. And let's say it was ten years ago. It was five years ago. In my opinion, it doesn't matter, right? But anyway." Um, and she wanted to come on the show. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Come on, man. And you're, you know, you're cool with it. She's like, 
yeah. If you're cool with it, we're like, we're cool. So I, uh, yeah, you're cool. Yeah, you're cool. Uh, uh, so she came on, man. And, and, and so she came on and we had a great show. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, man, she got elected. She's our, she That's is cool. our city council member here in, in, in Pearland. And afterwards, man, uh, um, she reached out to me and, and we had this intimate conversation about how how exciting it was for her and, and, and how the show helped her. Because after that, a lot of people didn't know that about her. They didn't know her struggles. And it is a lie. I mean, we have this stigma, you know what I mean, that uh, us as recovering addicts. Uh, that when you think of a of of a, of a drug addict or or a, a recovering drug addict, drug addict, you think of somebody laying, you know, underneath the uh, underneath a bridge with a needle in their arm or, or whatever, right? And 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 man, that's a stigma that we want to break, man. We are successful people today. We hold important uh, we hold we hold important positions in uh in uh in our society in our community, right? City council members, we're firemen, we're we're teachers, we're we're husbands. We're wives. We're you know, where you 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 roll the dice, whatever, whatever it falls on. That's what we are. I mean, this is a what do they call that? A uh, 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 that is it doesn't discriminate this, this disease. It does not discriminate, man. You know, so uh, that's what that's what we're one of the things that we show here, man. That it could happen to anybody. You know, and uh, we all have that chance. We all have that opportunity. I want everybody to have the opportunity to recover. And whenever Dolly. And Gary, I was ever to meet you guys through Kelly. Um, it was exciting, man. I, I talked to Lisa and I talked to Rachel. And uh, of course, you know, Ronnie and, and Raul and, and uh, I said, hey, man, this is this deal, man. And we talked and, and, and this is when the girls, our girls got excited about it. That made us, they, that made us excited. You know, they're talking about, you know, cooking, making cakes and to, to <laughs> make amazing. money. And, you know, and, hey, we're going to do this and let's do that. And so. The girls are fired up, man. So uh, with that being said, uh, let me throw that back at you. They throw you, they throw the ball back at you, Kay. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what, uh, you know, what brought you here, Kay? Or to your, to, what brought you to Dolly? Yeah. Let's, let's start with that. Yeah. Um, addiction, man. Just, um, I was off and on mm -hmm. uh, at a very young age. Uh, I grew up in a house uh, with addicts, just family and addiction. Most of my family members still are. Um, but, you know, that doesn't define me. That's not who I am today. But um, I, uh, I think when uh, the last time I used meth, that was the, that was the done deal for me. Mm -hmm. um, I almost lost my life. You know, um, it, it was, um, to say it mildly, it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that doesn't even cover it. Right. Um, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy, my testimony story. But, you know, God, um, he met me at my absolute worst. You know, I almost died, and I was in a granite rock quarry. So this is granite slabs. And when uh, I fell in there, I asked God to come and save me, you know, just help me, God. And I cried out to God and I told him I would turn around and never come back to this lifestyle. And God did. God walked me out of that hell. I was in an abusive relationship and, you know, I never thought I was going to see the way out. I did it mm -hmm. many times I had tried and I was unsuccessful, but God perfectly aligned the steps, ordered everything. Everything was perfectly or orchestrated. And when I heard uh, the voice of God, he said, get up. Mm -hmm. it's time to go. Cause I had laid down to sleep for three days after that fall. Mm -hmm. I fell in that granite rock quarry that day. And so when I got up, 
and I heard the voice of God. He walked me out and I told him I couldn't, like, I can't do this. And he said, just keep going. I heard the voice of God walk me all the way out. Mm -hmm. So I know how exciting I know Um, what it is to hear the voice of God and to walk out of something that it was so horrific. So you, did you walk out of that? Did you walk out of there on your, on your own? And when you went, where did you go? I got into adult and teen challenge. Someone actually knew about adult and teen challenge and uh, they brought me in. So it, it, and I've stayed ever since I just recently came out of adult and teen challenge um, after almost three years. Really? Yes. Oh, and it's a, yeah, that, that is a one year program, isn't it? Right. But you also have the opportunity to stay on as staff. Okay. If you have a heart move from God and you feel like God is calling you to stay on and to instruct and care and love for ladies that have been hurt and stricken and and left behind or lost and just misunderstood like if you have a heart and god calls you to it you know you got to walk through it and so i walked through it as a intern for seven months um and then i stayed on as staff for a year so in other words we call that service work Mm -hmm. that's right in our program right so you you felt the need to uh you know give in a sort of way give back you know to the young ladies coming in and, and mentor them and tell them how how things uh, happen for you and, and, and how you accepted the help and, and so on and so forth. Right, Ronnie? Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, it was really cool. Can I just say something? Sure. About absolutely. Kayla? It was, yeah. it's been, it's an amazing thing to watch someone change. Mm-hmm. And that's the privilege that I get. Cause it's like seeing like a flower blossom and open. And Kayla, like many of our students that come in, I mean, just had no confidence, no hope, um, no strength in herself, just no belief that her life was going to change, that she was going to amount to anything. And so the fact that Kayla now is in school, like <laughs> in college, trying to do something with her life and continue to move forward, it's it's amazing. But it didn't happen overnight. No, of course. It and takes I mean, time, it just right? It took time, just like learning, just through the power of God, through the word of God, just and her coming to believe and choose, like, this is for me. Mm-hmm. that this is true for me and I want this and I can have it because Jesus made the way for me to have it. So it's just been an amazing thing to witness and super awesome. exciting to see her today. I feel like giving you a chip. It's like your sponsor is, uh, you know, like your sponsors that in our, in our program, when we, when we, when we uh, have a birthday, uh, uh, you know, people talk and they, and they, our sponsor has this glow about them, man, when they're, when they're going up to give them, they're going to receive a either, a yearly chip, you know, for whatever amount of time. And then uh, I see that glow in you, uh, Dolly. <laughs> You're really true. passionate about this I deal. Am. You know, my yeah. husband and I got involved. We started as volunteers yeah. 15 years ago. And yeah. we were newlyweds. Uh-huh. And we knew God was just calling us to do something with our lives and our education. And we've connected with a Teen Challenge Center about 45 minutes away from where we live. This is actually New Haven, Connecticut. And mm-hmm. Actually, he went and he came home. He was like, doll, you're just not going to believe this place. It's amazing. He got a tour by one of the students in the program Mm -hmm. and was just amazed at how he had just a few months ago been strung out on all kinds of drugs. And now now he was just. So your husband's one of us. uh, Well, no, 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 not my husband. No, your husband. Well, my husband actually went and was given a tour by one of the students. Oh, right. You're talking about the student. Right. Okay. So, right. um, So, yeah, neither of us have a a drug or addiction background, but we are one of you. No, right. Absolutely. Right. We've had our own issues and our own hiccups and issues, but God's been so merciful. In fact, 
just how much my own life has changed, just being mm-hmm. part of it and being, you know, what's amazing about our students, you come in and it's, they're just ready. They're right. ready. They're hungry. They're humble. They recognize my way's not working and mm-hmm. I need to do something different. So it's a great way to live life. Just well, do you know teachable. what, do you know what Einstein's, uh, uh, what is Einstein's, uh, um, saying the, 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 the definition of insanity? What is it? Mr. Doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. Yeah. So yeah. Isn't that, isn't it something, man, that, you know, that, uh, we keep doing something over and over again, expecting that, you know, and, um, well, how did it go again? <laughs> doing something over doing and over that. again, doing expecting something. a different result. There yeah. I told you, man, that I'm off a little bit, man, today. This must be the weather. I'm out here thinking about, you know, I hear all this rain and thundering outside. Right. But, uh, okay. So tell us a little bit more about yourself here in a few more minutes. I'm going to introduce another guest that we have, but let's, let's, uh, let's talk with you a little bit more. Ronnie, I think, uh, Ronnie, do you have any questions for Kay and Dolly? Uh, Go ahead. I have a question for Dolly. Sure. So I wanted to know the Texas teen challenge. What is your uh, mission statement and your purpose? If you don't mind me asking our mission statement, you know, you'd have to, <laughs> I have to look at our website to tell you word for word, but essentially it's to bring hope and healing to the broken, the lost, the addicted, um, through the help of Jesus Christ. And so it's just a truly Christ centered program. We're 12 months long. We call them students because education is a really big part of what we do. Mm-hmm. We do offer, um, vocational opportunities for our residents. And so from the first 30 days, they're just kind of going through and getting acclimated to the program. Then from that to the point at which they graduate, they're learning how to work. And it's a beautiful thing because many of our residents have come in doing either illegal work before, not having worked, been homeless, just never really feeling good about themselves. So learning how to work and have a great work ethic and you know, and be able to look at themselves in the mirror and feel proud of what they did. It's just an amazing thing. So our purpose is to um, not just rehabilitate, not just to recover, but to allow a life to be reborn and to be remade and a soul to just embrace who they now are in Christ and, you know, walk a totally new life. It's exciting. It's Mm. amazing. Wow, awesome. that's a, well. I don't think me and Ricky need to stay here anymore. Y'all can just take <laughs> over the show. I'm yeah, that's <laughs> cool. Kayla, did you want to uh, jump back in and tell more of your story or anything you would like to talk about to help uh, maybe some people watching or don't know that there these resources are available? Um, just that you know, it, it it's a hard walk to walk through Adult and Teen Challenge. I'm not going to lie. I think that's why they called it challenge. <laughs> so true. So you did have some challenges oh, when you came in. Yes. Would you like to not, you know, don't tell us in detail if you don't have to, but what, what do you, let me ask you this, if you don't mind. It's a struggle well, to face yourself. Okay. I mean, at any time, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share something about mm-hmm. myself, right? Because our program, that's what it's like. We share something about ourselves and that opens other people up to opening something about themselves or things that they went on. When I went, I got, I went to four rehabs. The two first two, I got kicked out. The first one I got kicked out and I was shocked. I was like, uh, what do you mean? I got to leave. You know what I mean? They're like, you, you need to pack your bags. You're, you're leaving. Yeah. I was like, I can't leave. You know, I, I can't, you know, I, um, there's like, you're not ready. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not ready. Uh, we paid. You know, did, did anybody pay? Did y'all not get the payment? <laughs> you're not ready. You know, and, and, uh, I remember when they took me into the counselor's office and they said, uh, the counselor, she, I was, you know, she said, uh, Hey, uh, listen, uh, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're, uh, da, 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 and, and you have to leave. 
Um, and I was, man, okay. Um, nobody's going to come get me. I, all of my family was tired of my crap. They were tired of my shit stuff. I'm going to do this without cussing. <laughs> I'm going to try. Uh, 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 Ronnie cusses a lot. So I kind of follow his lead. And then, uh, uh, so I, um, I, uh, I, uh, so, and they told me that I was shocked, man. And, and, uh, and I was like, what am I going to do? My family members didn't want me back. I mean, they didn't want me, they, they, they knew I was in a program and I was supposed to get fixed. Right. So I'm supposed to be there for 90 days. Um, so they were hoping that I stay, you know, the 90 days and get something out of it. Right. They get a new guy back. I trade, I take, drop off this guy and I pick up this other guy that's better, right? That was their hope. And um, so anyway, they said, no, you have to leave. This beds, uh, uh, these beds basically, Jack, are here for people that are ready. Not, they're for people who want it, not people that, that need, no, or not people that need it, people who want it. Because right. everybody needs it, that's right? right? And, um, and I left, I had to leave and I called my, I called my, I remember calling my son. I said, Hey, listen, man, uh, I'm on my way home. He said, what do you mean? You're on your hand? We just visited you this weekend. You're supposed to be there 90 days. I said, no, I don't remember what I told him, but, uh, I, I, I said, no, I'm on my way back, man. And, and they were really, they were really nervous and scared. And, you know, and, uh, I remember that my son feeling that he, he almost wanted to cry. Wow. Yeah. And, and, uh, I will never forget that man. And, and, um, I remember how hard it was, man, to come home and people going, you're back, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and, you know, so, uh, and going through that and then going through a, 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 uh, a, a day program, you know, because, uh, for whatever reason. So did you ever. And the question is going to be this. Did you ever experience something at, at any time going, man, I'm going to give up, man. Am I, I mean, you know, I'm just, you know what? I'm going to tell Dolly, I'm going to go turn in my keys, man. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, share with, share that. Well, look, man, this is a, this is a, 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 uh, uh, you know, a, uh, tell us what, what went on in case, uh, uh, experience when you walked in, how was it lonely? Was it, I mean, and, and how did, I want to know how, what was going through your mind when you first came in, if you don't mind. And then how things change for you. And you're like six months later, you're like, Hey man, I can do this, man. I can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tell us about that. Okay. So first off, um, when I first came into Adult and Teen Challenge, I was um, <laughs> I was kind of crazy. I you was, do yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was ready to leave like every week, packing my stuff. Like honestly, when I first got into Teen Challenge, uh -huh. I, was, I was hearing my children screaming in my mm. mind. Right. And so I would open up the Bible and I would read. It would be like two or three o'clock in the morning, and you are not supposed to be up. And especially hiding in the bathroom, but I was reading the word, but that if it could have gotten me written up, I could have gotten really? disciplinary action. Yes. Um, but God showed me grace and he covered me in that moment. I didn't receive any discipline because God knew what I was going through, I believe. And so I, I was just allowed that covering by God. And as I kept pushing through and just pressing into the word and pressing into who God was and and less about, you know, uh, what I was facing or struggling, but just like figuring out who is God and, and this, this guy, this man, this God that saved me, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Like, I know what I, I know what I walked out of. There's gotta be something more. And so as I pressed in, even when I did not want to, there was staff there 
there was people there mm-hmm. that are like, no, let's, you know, try this and just redirect me and redirect me. And they'd allow me to, you know, go a little further and step out at times, you know, but they were always there to encourage me and pray over me and try to reason with me. And then um, I thank God that I had a um, hard head um, advisor at that time because she told me the truth. She didn't lie to me. She didn't sugarcoat anything. And she told me like it was. And I needed that. I want to hear what she said. Um, I don't, you know, I can't remember the things that she told me, but it was just hard truth. She was things, honest with you yes, about things some like, things. Yeah. Did you, did you have it all figured out when you were out there? Mm-hmm. And that's why you came in, right? You just yeah. wanted a vacation. No, you didn't. Let's yeah. be honest. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You know, mm-hmm. no, I didn't have it. Where are you going back to? What are you going to do? Do you have anything planned? Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't. Okay. I get it. You know, I need to be here, but I don't want to be here. So she would just pray with me and just, you know, encourage me in that way. And and I think that a lot of times for an addict, when you're a hard head and you've been through a lot, you really need that strong person to just be like, no, no. You know, that's not the truth. It's false. Mm -hmm. It's a false identity and you're walking in falsehood. You have to stop. And so I think for me, um, the hardest part of walking through teen challenge was getting real with myself, Mm -hmm. being truthful and not just like saying, oh, everything's going to be okay after this. No, I need to be on guard after this. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be walking in truth and I need to be real with myself and I need to be okay with being vulnerable. And, um, just, just realizing what all the false identities that I walked in, every false truth that I ever had, anything that I thought was real, that was not real, whatever was not true. I needed to face those things within myself and who I am so that I can become who Christ ordained for me to be. And, and I think that that was the hardest part was looking in the mirror, facing myself and seeing that I don't have it all together, seeing those flaws and correcting them. Actually walking them out is the hardest part because you can see them all day long and know that you have those imperfections. But the courage that it takes to walk up and say, you know what, I know I don't have it all together, but I'm going to face it today and I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to walk it out. And so right think, on. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. All right, Mr. Engineer. Hey, you know what? I'm tell you something and in our program and you'll hear me uh, uh talk about our program we call that you know that onion those layers mm-hmm. you know what i mean of onions uh, just pulling those layers back and we pull them back and we pull them back and finally we get to that core man that is right. us you know who really who we really are i'm gonna tell you something i'll share something with you uh and you quit talking so much mister uh, uh okay because you're, you're you're taking over too much and we got to keep you a little quiet but uh uh the the we, we, we used to talk about putting, you know, wearing masks, you know, all the time. You know, I used to wear, I don't know about you guys, maybe I was different, but I used to wear one mask for my mom. Mm-hmm. I used to take that off and put one on for my dad. Wow. You know, I was two different people and then one for my brother and then for my sister and then my kids. I was wearing all these masks, man. And sometimes I'd, I'd confuse them. You know what I mean? Which one am I supposed to put on today? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And man, being getting clean and actually doing some work. And I'm going to tell you something, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure y'all will attest to this, that just leaving the drugs alone and the alcohol and the substance, it, it doesn't stop mm-hmm. there. And you know this, oh, right? Mm-hmm. You're Absolutely. taught there. You learn how to live again. You learn how to, we learn, you know, we learn to live life on life's terms. You know, mm-hmm. things happen. 
you know, I uh, sometimes I get a little, I, I used to get a little irritated when in our program when I'd hear people go, oh man, I hit my, I hit my toe, man, and, and at work. And I, I think, I feel like I'm going to feel like I'm using, I'm like, I want to use something, you know, I, I, I used to think it was very silly. Uh, but that's me, right? Maybe it, it isn't silly. Maybe that people do want to use over hitting their toe. I don't know. But things that I did want to use over is when I would argue with one of my brothers and sisters. And I felt really, you know, these 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 feelings would come back when we were little kids. And uh, I, I remember telling Ronnie one time that uh, uh, and I'll and I'm and, and I'll share this is an intimate part for me that that when I was doing uh, work with my sponsor, uh, Eugene, I didn't know that I was that I had some sort of trauma and it's not really big trauma, I think, but nevertheless, it was. I had this resentment against my my father and he's no longer with us. But I remember being a little kid and um, I was at my grandmother's house. I was like eight years old. My older brother and my sister, they were always freaking heckling me, man. I don't know why. You know, like I was Charlie Brown or something. I don't know. The Mexican Charlie Brown. Right. But oh. I was uh, they would, you know, so everybody got like a bunch of presents. And I think I got like five less than everybody. And they started making fun of me, man. And I was like, Maria, my sister, she was laughing. My brother, older brother was hackling me. And I said, Maria, stop or I'm going to hate you. She goes, you know what? She goes, go ahead and hit me, man. And I'll hit you back. She was she trying to bully me. She was older. I said, you better stop it. And you know what? Bam, I smacked her. Right. She starts crying. My dad comes over and he hits me. He hits me. He just kind of hit me like that. And my nose started bleeding. Wow. And it was Christmas Eve, man. And I carried, I mean, it hurt me. It didn't hurt me physically, but it hurt me. And I remember, I remember going to the corner and I was crying. And I carried that pain for many, many years, man. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I remember sitting in Eugene's apartment. I, had, I was still in rehab. He used to come pick up people from the rehab and and uh, and and take us to outside meetings. You know, I'm going to tell you, by the way, Eugene saved my life, man. He saved my life. I wouldn't be here today without him. He all everything that he taught me, all the tools that he gave me, I use today. I use today. Um, so I remember what we were doing. I had in order for me to leave the rehab to go back to work to my shop, I, I had to do a fourth and a fifth step, man. And and from there, I. Uh, when we did, uh, when we were doing the work, man, that came on the list. That came up. That was one of because he told me, just think, man. Just just sit there and think. Wow. And I thought, and it came up, man, and I wrote it down. Well, you know what he did? After we, we, we took it, he took a match to it, and he burned it. Wow. He burned it. I remember he says, watch it. He says, do not get, take your eyes off of it. And he's sitting there watching. And you know how you get a paper, and it, it's mm -hmm. kind of going to burn your fingers. You just kind of let it go. And it just goes. And I'm going. Holy crap. He goes, it's over. It's it, man. It's over. And we got quiet. I, I cried. He cried with me. And, um, and we stayed there quiet for a minute, man. He goes, you want to take a nap? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, he goes, go ahead, man. So I went and took a nap and it was over, man. Wow. And you would, you would you'd be surprised how I, writing things down and all these little things that people say, when you write things down, how powerful it is but see people like me that think i know it all you know what i mean it was hard it's harder for people there they're like big think I, I, they say i'm a thinker i don't know i don't think i am but uh um <laughs> just back to going nope <laughs> lisa what's your opinion but anyway you know i wanted to share that with you you know that you have you ever have an experience like that there at uh, during your recovery yeah. Share that because right after that, I'm going to introduce another one of your uh, one of our guests that's here with us. And I'm very excited to hear from her. Um, go ahead. And if you, you have a story to share with us, we would love to hear it. 
Yeah, we actually have a UJ process in Adult and Teen Challenge. And so that talks about like everybody going through their trauma and everything. And I know that in my life, I had a lot of trauma, uh, just a lot of uh, violence and everything that I went through in my life. Um, but UJ, man, you just it's incredible. You get to write out all your stories from childhood to uh, you're you now. And it's just incredible. All the relief that you get, the instructors, they walk you through it. So it's just, it's incredible. Awesome. UJ stands for the ultimate journey. Is that what that stands for? Uh, one of the curricula that we use and it's, it's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, cause you're facing childhood lies and you're right. facing childhood pain and childhood trauma. And, you know, like you said, I mean, our tendency is to numb and to hide and pretend and that's, why we use and why right. we, you know, try to cover things up. And so this process, it's like you're facing it head on and you're replacing every lie that the enemy wanted you to believe and mm -hmm. that you just kind of took on and you're replacing it with God's truth right. and seeing yourself with different eyes. And it's an amazing thing when you can do that. So that's awesome, man. That is really awesome. You know, I, I, uh, I remember also too one of the things with my sponsor, everything. And, you know, I, I, I I'll be honest with you. I, I'll be 11 years clean in September, right? But for the last several years, I have, not that I've gotten disconnected from God, but in the beginning of, and, and I'm coming, I'm trying to strengthen my my spirituality again, right? I, I'm working on that part. But, you know, in the very beginning, I remember one of the teachings that my sponsor gave me was anything and everything, pray about it. You know, ask God for forgiveness, ask God for peace, ask him to give him your troubles, man, give it to him. You know, and he goes, Ricky, look, the only the only thing is that we have to live right by God. You know what I mean? You can't be out doing bad things and then say, God, you know, take care of me. You know what I mean? I mean, he's still going to take care of you, but he's, he's not going to give you what you ask for. And, and sometimes he doesn't give you what you ask for. Right. But, uh, um, you know, so, uh, what do you think, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Co-host here? Um, can y'all tell me more about the adult and teen challenge? How did it start? What is it? Uh, Sure, I'd love to. That, yeah, so Adult and Teen Challenge has been in existence since 1958. And um, actually, there was a young rural, a pastor of, in rural Pennsylvania who one day was praying and felt like God was calling him to go to New York and help some boys that were on trial for a murder of a young boy. And so he's like, this is crazy, but he went to New York City and basically through that began what was called then teenage evangelism. And so he started ministering on the streets of New York City to drug addicts and gang members and saw people change one by one. And I mean, it was just amazing. Then they decided that they needed to kind of formalize it and make it into a residential program. So a couple years later, they started, they opened up their first campus in Pennsylvania and in New York City in Brooklyn. And um, so it's been going on since then. And in, in Texas, we opened up our first teen challenge program in 1968. So oh, it's wow. been about do the math, I think around 54 years or something like that. Anyway, a long time. Super exciting. So in um, in Texas, we've got 12 different campuses all throughout the state that are part of Adult and Teen Challenge of Texas. It's amazing. It's amazing to see how, you know, like Kayla, I mean, God changes people's lives. So what, what, what all do y'all do there? So it's a super structured program. You know, you come in um, – from 5.30 in the morning till 9.30 at night, there's 
there's something for you to do. There's a schedule that every student has to follow. And so um, there's opportunity, like I said, to study, to work, to um, there's chapel services, there's groups that we're, they're part of, um, and then basic chores. So learning how to yeah, do those chores. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I think like, those are very important. Uh-huh. And like yeah. cooking for others. I mean, and it's a big chore, like Can cooking I, for 20 people. You, I'm going to tell you something, man, those chores, <laughs> when you said that, those are amazing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. And I hate to interrupt, interrupt, but, uh, cause I don't like to talk too much. The, uh, <laughs> but when I was in, I was in rehab, the last one, the one that, uh, that I was court ordered, that one was Work, you know what I mean? When the judge said, Hey man, <laughs> you leave this and that you're it. That's it, Cruz. Uh, I remember, man, we had to we had to wash dishes, clean the toilets, and sweet. I was like, What the heck? Come on, man. What I gotta do all this crap for? And then uh, I was talking to Eugene. He says, Man, do you know something else? Because I was complaining to him. He's like, Um, let me ask you something. He goes, You know, he goes, You're he called me fat boy. He says, <laughs> Let me let me tell you something. You know, you're lucky. You get to, when you leave here, you're probably, I met, he met my parents and, you know, he says, you have a home to go back to. Your home sure. is gone. My old, my, actually my own home, I lost because I wasn't paying on it, but I was going to be able to go back to my parents' house. Right. He says, you have a home to go back to. It's awesome. He goes, a lot of people are going to go live with other family members and stuff. And you know what, dude, they need to learn that they need to do things around there. Yeah. Wash dishes, vacuum, yeah. clean the toilet, you earn their keep. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not about crashing on somebody's couch anymore, paying with drugs or doing drugs or whatever, right? You actually have to cut grass and all that stuff. And I was like, wow, I didn't think about it that way. So they try to treat you as these things to get back into society, you know what I mean? And yeah. and to live with family members and, and be uh, be of service and be of, uh, you know, earn your keep and all that stuff. All, all those things that my daughter one time told me that I'm not going to clap to this guy for, for uh, what he, what she say? Something that I like to use a lot is uh, I'm not going to clap at a, sw- at a fish for swimming because this guy says, well, I'll pay my child support. And he goes, you're supposed to, True. fool. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you have any questions, Ronnie? Uh, not really. I just want to say real quick for the people that are watching, we really appreciate it. And uh, we want everybody to know that everything has hope in it. Yep. And that, um, you know, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And it's okay to not be okay because help is on the way. You just have right. to, You just have to reach out. So if you're hurting or you're struggling – reach out to somebody, just let somebody know that you're really struggling. Nobody can help you if you don't ask for help. And nobody goes through this world without any help. So, so Right, right, all. right. Do we want to, do you want to introduce our, our other guests? Do you yes. want to trade with, uh, with, uh, oh, you want me to trade with her? You and Kay to come Kay, in? Caleb, you want to trade yeah, with? Yeah, Kay, yeah, let's, all right. Woo-hoo. Applause, applause. Thank you so much. All right. If I would have known I was gonna be sitting on this side, I would have flipped my hair to the other side. You want to trade or what? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking, uh-huh. I'm joking but serious though. <laughs> so this is Lejessica Richardson. Lejessica. Yeah. I like that name. Mm-hmm. Lejessica yeah. finished also just right around Kayla's time too, mm-hmm. a couple of years. In ago. front or behind? We graduated same day. Mm-hmm. Same day. Same yeah. day. Exact same <laughs> yeah. day. Oh, okay. I have questions for you. Okay. Yeah. Awesome question. So you have to be 18 years old to come into one of our adult programs. So our Houston Women's Campus has 
18 all the way up to, I mean, there's no age limit. The one requirement though that we do have is that anyone is able to work because we do offer uh, offer opportunities to work. So you can be 80 and come through the program as long as you're willing to work and do chores and contribute to the program like everyone else. So what type of person reaches out to you guys for assistance? Like what what kind of background? That's a yes. great question, too. So really, there's a lot of different backgrounds. Like I said, you know, but like Ricky was saying earlier, um, addiction doesn't discriminate. So really, it's you have all different kinds of backgrounds. You have some coming from homelessness, some coming from human trafficking. I mean, Houston is, I think, the number one hub in all of Texas for human trafficking. I think number two in the state of Texas, or sorry, n- number two or three in the country. Anyway, so people coming from prostitution, those kinds of backgrounds. But then we also have individuals coming from affluent backgrounds who have education and, you know, they were teachers and, um, but, you know, alcohol or other substances got in the way and interfered with the work they were doing. So it's anyone really who is willing to look at themselves and get help. So we're a voluntary program. There are some people who are court mandated, so they can come in, um, you know, mandated through the court system. But most of our most of our residents are uh, voluntary. And so they're free to come. They're free to leave. Of course, you know, you can't just walk out whenever you do. I mean, whenever you want to, there are rules within the program. Your staff, is it volunteer? So we do have many volunteers and we're always looking for more volunteers um, to be part of the program. But our staff, we have paid staff who um, it, there's 24 seven care. So there's someone always there living with the students um, in their own rooms, but, you know, always there providing supervision, monitoring activities, really even through the night. <clears throat> so they do get to sleep, but, you know, they're a point of contact in case anything does happen in between the night. So, um, so yeah, there's, you know, paid staff who are there supporting the different activities of the students. So if I'm an addict and I'm struggling with withdrawals, am I still welcome? We do ask that people detox before they come in. But to be honest with you, in those first 30 days, the reason we allow them to kind of take it easy, we know that sometimes detoxing doesn't just happen in that, you know, and before they come in, at least not fully. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, of course, if there are medical issues, we ask that they take care of those medical things before they come in. But we'll, you know, especially in those first couple of weeks, we'll let you rest, we'll let you just kind of recover and you know, get your appetite back and all of that um, to kind of get acclimated. And then at some point, it's like, okay, sister, you're ready to go. Let's go. Here's and a weed eater. <laughs> yeah, my, if my dad was in charge, that's what you've been doing to uh, to uh, what do you call it? To detox. Be like, uh, we, we used to come. Home, I used to come home from uh, yeah, from hungover. It's like, hey, here's a lawnmower. Get after it. Yeah, you detox. Well, we've got 11 acres on our campus. All right, so. on. There'd be a lot of detoxing <laughs> if I was in charge. It's <laughs> all done on your campus. As far as, you said you have 11 yeah, acres. so 11 acres right now, we've got two buildings plus this new dorm that we, uh, that we built. So a lot of it, in fact, five and a half acres are really unoccupied right now. And so we're just praying and looking into the future. God, yeah. what would you have us do with that, you know, that space, but the five acres that we are occupying, we have these two houses plus our new dorm. Um, and then we've got a pool 
actually on the facility that's a beautiful, we do recreation almost every night, whether it's walking to a local park or being in the pool when the weather's nice. And, um, and then we also have a pond. So there's a catfish pond where our students can fish and, you know, there's little boats. And uh, I see tiki right now- torches happening, man. I see all kinds of fun you stuff know, going I around in the pool. Like one catfish in that lake. And I feel like the- you done <laughs> caught it and threw it back three times. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, all right, man. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> so, look, Jessica, we wanted to segue back into you. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Um, yeah. So, of course, my name is LaJessica. I came into the program in 2019. It was like right around um, Thanksgiving. So what actually brought me to Teen Challenge at that time was uh, I was just like, I was tired of being tired, right? Because I had um, tried to get my life together plenty of times, but it just wasn't working. So at this point, I was at my lowest of low. So I was using every day. I was... Um, homeless. I was strung out. (laughs) I was living, I was around people. So what really made me make this decision is I started hanging out with people that I would never in a million years have um, spent time around. So I looked at the people around me and I was like, one day I was just like, like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I here? I'm just tired. I'm tired. So I went, um, to a bus stop and I had burned all my bridges with my family. Like they were like, I didn't have the type of family who were like, um, they're going to enable you. I, oh, Pookie, you know, we're going to help you out. No, I didn't have one of those. Wake up, wake up. No, I didn't have one of those. My mom was like, uh, well, you know what? When you decide to get your life together, you can come home. Or my sister was like, "Mm, girl, you can't, you can't come Mm. in here like that. And then my brother, you know, on one or two occasions, a couple occasions, he would try and help me out, but it wasn't that they didn't want to help me, but I wasn't ready for the help. And at that time, I didn't think about it like that. I was just like, you know, Oh, my family is just so horrible. So did you, you know, have resentments towards your family? Did you, probably not now, and maybe you do, I don't know. Did you ever have any resentments towards your family? Yeah, so you did? Uh, when I was in my addiction, I, I definitely did. I felt like, you know, why are y'all treating me like an outcast? And even mm. growing up, I felt like I was the black sheep. And so I'm just like, you know, y'all are all wrong. And of course, I'm all right. I'm the one who's right. But uh, once I finally was able to face myself and come to terms, with, um, you know, everything that had went on, then I was like, okay, this is the parts that I had to play and what happened. And this is the parts that they had to play. And my family had to show me tough love. And I am a firm believer now in tough love. So I see people who are still in their addiction and different things. And I'll also show them tough love because I want them to come out of it. I can't enable them to stay in their behavior. Right. I mean, that's awesome. You know, that's what we need. We need tough love. Yeah. At least that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear the truth. You know, uh, uh, Kay, like Kay was sharing, I mm-hmm. needed to hear the truth. I needed people around me to yeah. tell me the truth, you know, and and, and not uh, co-sign my BS. Yes. You know, that's mm-hmm. what we mm-hmm. called, you know, we're not going to, that's what Lisa, I told Lisa one time. She said, I'm not going to co-sign. She, and I, I hate telling her all these little words, these little <laughs> sayings from the program, because then she uses them against me. I don't know about you. Yeah. She said, I'm not going to co-sign your BS cruise. I'm like, where'd you hear that from? Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, tell us more. Yeah, tell us more. This uh, is uh, good stuff. Yeah, so um, one day I'm sitting there, and I had thought about it many times. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get my life together. And so um, I went to treatment, and I did okay for a little while, got back out. And so let me stop you there real quick. You went to treatment. You put yourself into treatment? Yeah, I put myself into treatment. Was it, did you pay for it yourself? 
No, actually, at the time, um, because I had been in an accident, so I was I had um, I was receiving Social Security. Okay. And I had Medicare, so my so that helped. Paid, yeah, my yeah, insurance okay. paid for it. So right. I went into a treatment facility, came out, and I was doing good for about eight months. And then some old issues that I how long never did you go into of. treatment for? Uh, it was like. <laughs> I don't want to lie, but I think don't lie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't lie. Yeah. Tell me the truth, girl. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it might have been like thirty or sixty days. You know, one of those. No, no, those yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you stayed for for a, a fair amount of time. Yeah. You didn't go fair. for like three days. No. Uh, no. Okay. No. So yeah. I finished the program. Okay. And then I got out, and I was doing okay for like um, maybe seven or eight months. Did you, when you got out, did you say, "Hey, I got this, man." I'm yeah. done. Yeah, okay, I'm yeah, fixed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. did you did yes. things that but, went through your mind? No, I was like, um, because look, I heard about Teen Challenge the first time I went into treatment. Uh -huh. And so I'm telling my sister, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go to this program. It's a year long. So I get out, I get out of treatment. And my sister, she's driving me and she's like, Hey, Pookie, you know, do you remember that program you was talking about? That's a year long, you still going there? I was like, girl, please. I'm fixed. <laughs> I'm done. I don't need a year-long program. Oh no, man, I got good. this. Yes, yeah, I learned <laughs> everything I needed there, mm -hmm. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I was good for a little while, but then, you know, of course, I fell back um, hanging out with some old people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not young people, old people. Uh, well, you know what? It's funny you ask that question because he was much younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> that, was just, that, was, that was a trick question. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a trick question. But yes, yeah, some old people that I used to hang around, and so the desire, you know, um, you know, that does it. Yeah. yeah. All the acquaintances. You yes, didn't pay, so you didn't change your people, places, and things, especially your people. Um, so I I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. You know how you like halfway do something. So I wouldn't know that. No. Okay. Well, no. You, you know, you, 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 you <laughs> I do everything <laughs> other way. You know, you're the <laughs> exception, right? But I, I did for a little while, uh -huh. but then I felt like I had this sense of security in myself and my sobriety that you know I got this down. I don't, you know, I can be around. My God brother, why he, you know, doing his thing when we used yeah. to do our thing yeah. together and, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be good, but it, it didn't happen that way. Because you know what I did three weeks ago? I, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt. I went to a Snoop Dogg concert. Okay. I did. You know what they do at a Snoop, Snoop Dogg concert? What? We know. What? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And, and, you know, I went and, and Rachel busted me because I was like, you know what, Lisa, we went to a Snoop Dogg concert. Right. Mm -hmm. And while we were there, man, I could smell. Right. Because mm -hmm. we know what Snoop Dogg represents. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was an amazing show. And uh, I, I said I lied a little bit. I said that I went to a meeting the very next day. But it was the two days, Rachel. Thank you for blasting me out on Facebook. <laughs> OK. But uh, I went to a meeting, though, and I shared about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. About uh, how I felt and what yeah. I thought for a split minute. I was like, man. Maybe I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had to go tell on myself, right? Yeah, so is that yeah. something that you experienced? Um, at that point in time, no, no, okay. because even still when I was sober at that point in time, I still didn't have a good relationship with my family because um I guess a part of me still I still had hmm. I don't know how you would phrase it. I kind of still had the desire to use and I still struggled with a lot of shame from the things that I did from my past. And so I wasn't around my family to, um, you know, be like or, you know, good friends to be like, oh, well, you know, I slipped up this time because it wasn't like when I start if I would start using again, it would be a slip. Like it's like, OK, I'm going in. And mm -hmm. that's how it happened for me when I relapsed. I just, you know, went head first, like because I'm the type of person like 
um, whatever I do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Like I'm going all the way in. So if I'm, if I'm doing wrong, I'm going all the way. You're going to do it all the way. Either you're all the way to the right or all All the way. way So you don't know that in between part. Mm -mm. You you don't know what lives there. You know what I think is there? You want to know? Mars. Uh, I don't think that's it. <laughs> Mars, man. I don't think that's what my therapist says. You think Mars is there, man? Yeah. No. He goes, what lives there? I said, I don't know. Aliens. Right. You, you know, you know, I don't think it's Mars, but maybe we'll figure out one day. Right. Yeah. If you find out, you let me know. I'll be yeah. waiting. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Engineer, he wants to tell us something. So what made you finally go to the adult routine challenge? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, what ultimately made me go there is like, so before I became addicted, um, I was, you know, pursuing my education. You know, I was always gaining a lot of accolades in life. And I looked at myself and, and the people that I was surrounding myself around. And I'm like, okay, LaJessica, like, what's going on here? Like, why are you with these people? The things that they're doing, that's, this is not my portion. And I was tired. Like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm like, you know what? like something has to change because I've just felt hopeless. I was tired. I was ashamed. I was run down. I'm just like, this is not girl. This is not it. (laughs) We have to do something different. And so, um, I remember, you know, I had been saying for a while, I'm going to go ahead and get my life together. I'm going to go ahead and go into treatment. I'm going to go ahead and go to recovery, but I was a heroin user. So I would get the DTs, you know, and I would go right back to using because of the withdrawal. So, but one day I was just like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm ready to face the, um, the withdrawals, like just in transparency. I went to go see one of my dealers and he gave me something bad. And I was just like, this just is not it. Okay. This is not it. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. So I went to the bus stop. Um, Cause at that time I had, my vehicle had been impounded. I had just got out of jail. Like I was still doing like the same thing. And I went to the bus stop and I'm like, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm going, I'm going to do this. So I sat there and used the last of what I had and went into treatment. And there was like, this is my second or third time being in that treatment facility. And there was always this really cool therapist who was there. Uh, shout out to Mr. Moore, you know, right <laughs> uh, he was, he was there and he would um, just always encourage me. And when I came back, I was just like, I wonder if Mr. Moore is there. And for him to tell me, you know, Jessica, there's something better for you. There's something different. And amongst all the staff, I knew them all. And so, you know, it was just a turning point for me. Oh, wow. Awesome. So how long in between that treatment program and coming into Teen Challenge? Okay, so that's another great question. Um, when I so the last time I went to that treatment program, I was actually because it's like a short term treatment program. You know, they have like short term, intermittent, um, intermittent, and then long term programs. And Teen Challenge is like the long term program. So I went there, and I was only supposed to be there for like thirty days, and I signed up to go to Cinecore. And mm. when I got out, I was supposed to be going to Cinecor, but when I got there, they found out that I was taking uh, Suboxone and I couldn't be there on Suboxone. So they were like, you're going to have to detox first. So they sent me back to detox. And so I'm detoxing and I'm thinking after the 30 days of me detoxing there, I'm going to be going back to Cinecor. But when I called them, they had given my bed up already. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, at this point, you know, I kind of, I had, like my family grew up in church, right? I grew up with my family going to church until I was like 14 and my, um, and my mom and my dad, they separated. So I didn't go anymore. But at that point I was like, okay. Um, I had started kind of, you know, how you kind of start praying a little bit or it's like, 
some of those things where, you know, like you go to jail and you're like, okay, Lord, if I, uh, if you get me out of here, I'd never do it again. You know, like, <laughs> you know, God is real. So I knew of God's existence. I didn't really know of him. So I'm going there and they're like, okay, you don't have a bed anymore. And at that point I'm like, okay, well, if I get out of here, cause I'm doing really good. I have mental clarity. You know, if I get out of here, I'm going to go back to the same situation that I came back from. So I'm like, something had to change. So I said this quick prayer. I'm like, Lord, if you open a door for me, then I'll walk through it. And then here comes my um, my counselor at the at the center. He walks up. Hey, Lajoski, you ever heard of a place called the Dalton Teen Challenge? Now, mind you, the first time I was um, I went and got my life together, I was supposed to be going to Teen Challenge, but I was like, I don't need a year to get my life together. So, full circle, the opportunity comes again, and I go into the program. Oh wow! Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what? So you walk in. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Uh, so- Were you nervous? No, I wasn't nervous. No, you know what? And all honesty, I wasn't nervous. Did you at drive all. yourself? No, uh uh-uh. uh. So I had a cab driver who drove me from the hospital to Teen Challenge. So you, but you took yourself then? Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's amazing, man. You know, my that's mom, my, my parents, my, my family took me and I had them stop at two fried chicken places before they, uh, <laughs> before we stopped. You're going to get everything you could. Right I was, before. man, I was making up, trying to, Burn time, man. I was yeah. I sat there in the parking lot and I was like, man, I want some churches and then I want some Popeyes and yeah. and I was <laughs> time I was afraid to come in. So so you drove yourself there. Yeah. That's honorable, man. Yeah. You really wanted but it. But I, I was ready. So at that point, I was ready. I didn't have any um, period between there where I want to stop a chicken or anything. Because no? I think I feel like <laughs> no, I, I had already been through all of that. So at this point, from there to Team Challenge, you know, and even going in treatment, I was ready. But I don't think the staff at Teen Challenge were really ready for me when I got there because <laughs> I was a hot mess. I'm really? Yes. <laughs> were you there, Dolly, when I she walked in? Not when she came in because mm-hmm. she first came into our Pasadena program. So we were in Pasadena for a minute for a little while before uh-huh. we went to Alvin. And I was I was actually in San Antonio at the mm-hmm. time. But she, when COVID happened, she got transferred over to San Antonio. And that's when I got to meet her. And then she ca- came back with me when we all when we opened up in mm-hmm. Alvin just two years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Got to know her during the tail end of yeah. the journey. But by then, Jessica had already begun to change. So did yeah. you walk in and say, hey, listen, man, I've got that bottom bunk. And um, this is, I'm putting my stuff down right here. And this is the way it's going to be. You know what I mean? You know, that's and so take funny. off your shoes. Whoever walks <laughs> in, you really take funny. off your shoes. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't I like wish, that? I wish it worked like that because okay. they actually gave me um, a top bunk. And I have like these pins and rods in my leg. And at that time, I felt really privileged to I kind of grow out of it in the program. Um, but they put me on the top bunk and I was not happy about that. I'm like. Tell us about it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. Like, it, it wasn't. Pleasant. Just be honest, man. No, just no, be it, honest. It I want to hear pleasant. about it. I'm just like. How y'all gonna put me up here on the top bunk and y'all have all these girls down here and it's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, and they're you know, fine. Yeah. yeah, like it's nothing wrong with them, but mm-hmm. you picking on me? Yeah, was it that didn't even go through your mind? You know, you're uh, you know, picking on me and and you know, whatever. Mm. Be honest. Yeah, so okay, so yeah, I walked through a lot of that in all in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really did. I walked through a lot of that, and I'm like, you know, I'm the only black person in here. Y'all gonna put that? I'm just being there, yeah, no, you know? come on with it, man. <laughs> like, hey, raw, that's the like, way we like it, man. Like, y'all gonna to put me. the only black person up here and not, you know, put me on What's top. Up? Of it. Yeah, there, there was like a lot of things mm-hmm. and a lot of mindsets sure. that I had that had to change, and so like- I gave the staff there. A very difficult time. A, a, a hard time would be like an understatement, right? And they, they let you stay. <laughs> they 
did they? They let me stay. They let you stay? Yes. Yeah, they let me stay. That's so. amazing. Mm -hmm. They kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked me out, man. They weren't playing with. You know what? At Team Charles, we yeah. don't um, kick people out like, no? per se. It, it has to be something. Unless really you're serious. in some kind of yeah. physical or altercation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, grace. that's really, yeah. That's, 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 uh, yeah. 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 So our capacity with this new dorm is going to be 50 ladies, not and 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 so 50 women to come in, turn their lives around. And so we're we're open, ready for that to happen. This new dorm should be done within a month. So at that point, we'll be able to double our capacity, which is really exciting. Um, not always. I mean, so we had been really full and then, you know, at different points, like I said, it's voluntary. And so it's like, you know what, I'm done or I feel like I'm ready or my kids are calling. And so, and then someone will leave, but just like within the next couple of days, that bed will get full. And so we're, we're always like, at least right now we've been right around there. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a great need here. And our prayer is always Lord help us to connect with the need in mm -hmm. the city. So if I'm in an abusive relationship. Am I safe? What's That's a really good, a good question. question. So one of our things is we don't allow like any dating relationships or whatever, unless you're actually married to that person, um, they can't be involved. And they also have to be a healthy person in your life. So, um, you know, there is protection. There's it's a there's a gate. There's always somebody there to protect the student in the program. What is the ratio of students to staff? So currently we have about eight staff on the on the campus and about 20 students. So do the math, but it's pretty high. And then we've got quite a few volunteers. So there's always at least a couple people there um, just supervising students. Even when they go on a work job, we always have at least one staff there actually working right alongside them so that they're learning to work and having that model to them. What is a work job? So a work job is, you know, we, we're actually – even looking right now for any businesses that need, um, you know, a group of women to come who will work hard. They'll always be on time. They're going to be reliable. They're going to be awesome. So whether it's cleaning or, um, you know, doing different types of factory work or whatever. So that's a work job. It's an opportunity. We usually contract with these companies. Teen Challenge does. And so so they don't pay the student individually, um, but they'll provide a donation to the campus in return for the work that's provided. How, how far around the facility are y'all looking for that type of So that's a great question, too. We we like to stay within a 15-mile radius um, just to kind of keep our costs as low as possible. We're really trying to be efficient and with how we spend our money and very careful. So, How are you guys funded? We're funded privately through donations of individuals, churches, local businesses, um, we're also funded through these work opportunities that our students do. Um, those are our main sources of funding right now. We have grants. We have um, different churches that provide support in a, on a big on a big level. Um, we this this building that we're building actually came through a federal home loan grant, which is a great blessing to us. So that's how we're funded, and we're always looking for people to support and come alongside us because it's a great mission. How would someone do that? So you can go to our website, www.tctexas.org, and you can look up the Houston Women's Campus. Come and just donate there. You can also visit us. We're located in Alvin and uh, and come. There's um, We could provide information even right here on this podcast uh, just about how to mail checks or whatever. Um, so, But really just going online and making a donation is the best way. And I will tell you that that... It's 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 money well spent. Yes, it is. 
Can we sponsor? Uh, I think I was there yes. when I, I would. Uh, somebody, I think somebody mentioned something about yes. being able to sponsor a, a person. That's a great question. So yeah. we're always looking for individuals to come alongside our students and become their student sponsor. So for $35 a month, you can have a special part in a student's journey and wow. write letters to her and encourage her and walk with her and just you know, just be that hope for her. Just because, you know, sometimes like LaJessica was saying, you burnt every bridge before you come in. Family members don't really want to hear from you necessarily. They well, we have to work alive. our way back in. You, you know, we and have we to work. Way, yeah. Happen, but to know that there's somebody else in my corner. Absolutely. Who's praying for me, who yeah. cares that I'm doing this is mm -hmm. huge. And so we're, we're actively looking for every single one of our students to be sponsored and not just one sponsor, but several sponsors, sure. people that are part of their journey. We would like to put your information on our website and on our, uh, on our, uh, right, Mr. Engineer. So if anybody's ever interested, uh, uh, that has anybody that ha needs help or that would like to help, uh, by sponsoring by, um, you know, whatever they want to do for your organization, uh, we would love to put it on our website. And, and if they have any questions, maybe they, we could put your email or somebody's sure. email so they can reach out to you guys or to us. I don't know how the electronics works, but our engineer will take care of that. Um, and, um, and then we can go from there. So, um, uh, tell us a little bit about the communication. Once you go into the program, am I allowed to keep my cell phone, email, anything? So I, no cell phones because <laughs> cell phones can be dangerous. And um, so you, you give up your cell phone um, after the first two weeks, you can begin to write. I mean, actually, right from the beginning, you can write any family member. Um, after the first two weeks, you get your fo first phone call. And after the first 30 days, you get your first visit. And then after that point, there's visits every two weeks till the duration. At about seven months, you can go on a four-day pass. And so that's when you're like ready to go back and sort of be back with your family and things like that. So are students allowed to keep in touch with other students after the program? Um, yes. If the student, I mean, especially once they all graduate, of course, they can connect with one another. While they're in the program, we ask that a graduate wait six months to officially come back, volunteer and have that intimate relationship because we want to see that she's walking this out you know, in her life. And just so you know, also, since we're in the Houston area in Magnolia, there is a men's program. Mm. So our men's, our brother program is located right there. And they do really the exact same thing that our Houston women's campus does. And oh, Brenham okay. also, like Brenham is close by. Brenham's, well. yeah, yeah, just a couple hours Brenham. away, but. Um, oh, cool. So. Awesome. It's good to know. Yeah. Tell us the website one more time. <laughs> www.tctexas.org. Uh, that's right. Texas spelled out. Ricky. Yes. So uh, what did we leave off with you? You were going to beat up this girl. I <laughs> no, remember. No, <laughs> no, that was, no, that was another story. I'm sorry. That was someone else. No, but so, yeah, that you, you were, um, you went in and, mm -hmm. and you were, you know, uh, didn't get the top bunk. And after that, so how did it go for you? How did you, how did you go into accepting what was going on and you, you started to blend into the system or into the, uh, the program do in your life? Yeah? yeah. What did Jesus do in your life? Exactly. Thank you. Uh, uh. So it was a process for me. Um, I think that, um, I got put on discipline a lot when I was in the beginning. I kind of find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really did. And no? so, uh, during that time I would, um, spend a lot of time, like I would be, griping and complaining angry did you ever go to solitary 
they didn't have Silas. Oh, they don't. Okay. Uh, uh, But I would spend that time there just um, like I would be reading the word because I had this one um, staff member and she would always be like, I like to read. I really enjoy reading. So I have all these books and um, they'd be like, okay, you're on discipline. You have to sit here until the end of the day. And I was like, I don't care about that because I got books anyway. (laughs) One day she was just like, Jessica, you can't. um, The only thing you can read while you're on discipline is the Bible. (laughs) And I was upset. That was like, um, that was a really big change for me. That's when things began to shift because I would take out my word and I would sit there and read and I would grumble and complain and talk about what I felt about the situation and how I was looking at things, but I would talk to God about it. And, you know, the classes that we take during that period of time, like um, I think some of the, it's, it's kind of cool because they rotate the classes, but they're rotated um, in such a way that, you know, when a student comes in you know, that's where you pick up at. So I think at the time it was like when I first started getting my act together, it was like um, obedience to man uh, was one of the classes that we were taking. And so they're talking about how, you know, you have to uh, be obedient and submit to the governing authority. And I really had a big issue with. Um, um, authority. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was hey, trying to say hey, that. Hey, you do. <laughs> yeah. You too. um, I began to, you know, kind of allow God to show me why I had those issues, dig down to the root of them, and then kind of work on being more respectful and work on my uh, my attitude. And so, like, I really like that you shared one of the stories about how you, um, how one of your childhood wounds had actually, you know, changed kind of the trajectory of your life in a sense um, when you were able to dig up that wound. And when I went through UJ. Like, because it's so funny when I first, when I came into the program all the way up until, I think we started, I started UJ late because we were in a transition at that time. So I think I started like in my eighth or ninth month or something like that. And my counselors, cause I went through three of them. <laughs> I went through three different counselors and one of them, she was just like, well, Jessica, you know, you don't show any emotions. It's just like, you know, a brick wall there. And um, I went through UJ and I was like, God, can you help me to show, uh, can you show me? why I am this way and can you reveal to me like what's going on and he began to show me like how when I was a young child uh, my mom would tell me I was a very emotional kid and I would get in trouble for that and my mom would spank me for that and so from a very young age I learned you know if I show emotions that I'm gonna get in trouble in trouble for it. yeah so I stopped showing emotions and I think even before I started using drugs at that young age I learned to numb and you know like you mentioned wearing the different masks I had a lot of them would you say that would you you know my sponsor blamed a lot of my my problems on my culture he used to tell me you Mexicans, man, you're, 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 um, no, no, he would. And, and my sponsor was a old black white haired man. He was 67 on a cane. He barely walked with beautiful heart, man. Beautiful heart. Again, he saved my life, man. And, uh, I loved him. I loved him, man. And there's no, I have never in my life, uh, said that I love someone outside of my family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's the first one that taught me that I could say, I love you to another yeah, man. You know what I mean? I couldn't say that to another man. I'm, I'm like, Hey, I love you, man. Like, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, so, but with my sponsor, he, um, he helped me through that. You know, yeah. he, he helped me. He told me, listen, man, you, um, you Hispanics, man, you Mexicans, you're, 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 
egotistical, uh -huh. uh, macho. Uh -huh. You know, the more women you you have with your grandfather. I don't know how he knew that. I guess because he was older. He's like, the, it, back in the day, he goes, man, your father and your grandfather, the more women they had, back in the old school, it's like the women knew the men had women, uh -huh. right? And, and it was kind of like not talked about, but it was accepted. It was a hush-hush thing, but it was accepted. In fact, I'm going to tell you something my mom shared with me that she said that her dad, when she, when after my grandmother had a baby, she gave my grandfather money, said, here, you go find somebody to, uh, another woman to, to wow. take care of your needs. And then let me, I just had a baby. Let me, leave me alone. Let me, uh, what I'm going she did what? <laughs> you know what I mean? That couldn't happen today. You know, uh, and anybody else, I don't know. Do you notice that what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of my things, the way I was programmed, man, yeah. you know, it was, uh, and they, but at the same time, they did the best they could mm -hmm. with what they knew, mm -hmm. with the, what their parents showed That's them. Right. But you know what mm -hmm. it's about? Uh, it's about breaking that cycle, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, in my family, in my immediate family, um, like there's nobody who struggled with addiction. So it was, so funny that because, like I said, my my family were Christians and I grew up going to church, but I never had a relationship with God. I just knew like the God of my parents or the God of my family. I didn't have a relationship with mm. them. And so my mom was actually extremely judgmental. Um, when I was younger, she would look at people and be like, oh, I just don't know how they would do that. Oh, I can, you know, just all <laughs> yeah, these yeah, judgmental yeah. comments. And I can remember, um, you know, my mom coming to visit me one time and she said, you know, now I can understand, you know, God is helping me to see, you know, what's going on. And now I see other people and I don't judge them mm -hmm. and I can understand because it happened to my own child. And so I think a lot of um, where I finally came to this point where there was a shift, because I remember, although I would read my my word at Teen Challenge and I, I feel like I was growing spiritually at that time, I still like, I feel like I was in a sense, kind of like a Pharisee or a Sadducee. I don't know if y'all know what that is, but like, I just had this, like this religious mindset. So, you know, like mm, right, all of right. these things, like, but the, the relationship kind of still was lacking. I didn't really have a relationship with God. So at this point when I started going through UJ, the relationship um, kind of with God kind of connected with the, um, with the spiritual aspect, if that's the right way, I'm trying to use terminology that maybe you would be able to understand. And then that's where the real, the real true work began because I began, the Lord began to show me like, okay, Lajeski, you're holding shame because of these issues, you know, you, you lost your children, but that doesn't make you a bad mother. You know, you feel rejected because these things happened in your life and your father was never there, you know, and to be transparent, um, with myself and to be transparent with God, because I think a lot of people don't think that, you know, God wants an intimate relationship with you or that you can talk about certain things with him, but he wants to hear everything. And so he, we would have these dialogues and these conversations. And I began to open up whereas I wouldn't open up with anyone else because I didn't trust anybody. I had trust issues. So with God, I could trust him. And I began to talk to him about things and he would show me the origins. He would show me the problem and then show me the solution. And that's when things began to shift for me. Mm, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yes, Mr. Engineer. Uh, can we do a question from the audience? Sure, absolutely. What's on the computer, Mr. Engineer? Who do we have? There's a lot of people asking questions. There's one on the very bottom. What does it say? 
Oh, yeah. Nice. So one of the things that our um, our staff and our students do is that every every week uh, we send out a team of several people that go out and we do what we call hope awareness uh, teams. And so they set up in front of a, um, a gas station or in front of a bookstore or some kind of um you know, some kind of restaurant and um, basically sell some of our products. So our mm-hmm. students in the program are making candles. In fact, Kayla, who you mentioned earlier, was in charge of that when she was on staff. So they make candles. Um, our men. From they our actually Santa make the wax. Literally, mm-hmm. Well, OK, they don't make the wax. I mean, not make the wax, but <laughs> yeah, the, you but put the, the you put yeah, the, no, no, they yeah. pour the wax, they pour the wax the in there. And, I mean, and yeah, they're amazing. It, they're amazing. It's the best smelling garage in all of Texas. It's just an amazing um, thing that they get to do. And then our men and our San Antonio campus, they make cross and our guys at our Azol campus in Dallas, in the Dallas area, they make little candles and, I mean, not candles, but little soap air fresheners or whatever. So Mm -hmm. anyway, we, we have those things to give away for donations Mm -hmm. when we have these tables. And it's, yeah, it's a great way um, when we're at in, in front of these storefronts to let people know mm-hmm. what we do and what we offer. And so we get to pray for people who want prayer yeah. and just encourage those who come by. It's, oh, it's wow. one of the That's ways cool. that we help raise funds. So sometimes it's not that, you know, effective in terms of money, but it's amazing opportunity to just go out there and spread hope. Outreach right, right. Really it gives us guys a, a purpose too. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, I could see yeah, it gives absolutely. us a purpose to, yes. uh, that they're doing their part yes. as small as it may be. And, you know, it gives us a purpose. Yeah. You kind of mentioned, um, when Kayla was talking about doing work jobs, having the ability to give back what I saw in my time as an intern. And even when I was there as a student to be able to go out and encounter people who say, Hey, you know, how many months you have clean? You know, uh, I have so many months and they'll tell you their story of them being sober or for the students or residents being able to pray for people, them, them being able to give back and the shoes kind of being, um, changed while they're even still in the program is life changing. And so, and also it allows them to see like what some of their giftings are like what are some of your giftings are you a teacher evangelist you know different things like that and to be able to exercise them and I think it gives um, people as well like a sense of importance um, value and things of that nature yeah so wow that's awesome uh, can y'all give us your your final thoughts do you have a final uh, I guess comment you'd like to say or or something you'd like to share to people Uh, Yeah, so my final comment would be, you know, I know that there are many different avenues um, to recovery. Um, I tried a number of them myself. But the thing that I know that distinguishes Teen Challenge from any other program is that it's actually a Christ-centered program. And so um, I think uh, it's a very sustainable change. And not only are you able to, you know, experience... um, natural freedom, then you experience spiritual liberty and freedom as well. And so there's nothing that compares to that because you can be free from addiction, but still in bondage. And so um, with, and when going into Teen Challenge, you'll be free and delivered from all of that. Mr. Engineer, and I'm going to ask you these three questions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, on your, your, your closing comments, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what has been, what is your, um, what has been your experience in, in, in drug addiction? Um, like my experience, your, what, what have you, what did you experience in, 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 in drug addiction and recovery? That's what I should, that's what I'm asking from, from drug addiction to recovery. What has been your experience? What did you would, that you would tell our audience? What has been your experience? What, what faces just in, in two or three words, what, how bad were things and how good are they today? 
Um, so the way that I would discuss, um, describe my experience being um, liberating being, uh, or, would be yeah. hopelessness and mm. despair. Right. And now I would describe it as freedom and liberty. Right on. Yeah. What about your uh, strengths? Um, that I've gained yes. through the experience. Yes. I think. <laughs> what are your strengths for recovery? Because what is your what strength is your recovery? What keeps you going? What keeps your you know the the I'm going to do it because of this man. Yeah, you know because so of that. That's a great question. Number one, I believe it's my foundation with God. Right. If I don't have my relationship awesome. great, with great Him, answer. then you know everything else is going to fall to Absolutely. the wayside. And yeah. So, um, and then also on top of that, I think I have a a child. Well, two children who were adopted, and mm -hmm. then one who is in foster care. Who I, my rights were terminated. Too. I just got news about um, a couple of days ago that he'll be able to come home with me. And wow! Has. Look at that, man. All right. <laughs> What's your hope for the future? Uh, my hope for the future yes. is that I will continue to walk it out. My children and my children's children will be able to see me and not see the person who I was. And I will be able to um, help bring hope and awareness to other people who are struggling with some of the same things I went through. All right. Applause. <laughs> let's bring, uh, let's bring Kay back in. Thank you so much for yeah, joining you. us. Thank you. Let's bring Kay in and let's finish up the, with her. I want to, I want to hear her experience, strength and hope as well. Okay. Sorry, will you tell us your, yours as well? My yes. final comments? Yes, ma'am. One of the things that we teach our residents, our students in the program is that addiction is actually a worship disorder. Addiction is choosing to worship something, someone, and look to that thing to find worth, to find hope to find just freedom from your feelings and from your pain when truly only God can satisfy in that way. And so when, when our, when people come through our doors and come into a relationship with God, it's not just this bandaid. It allows them to really find something that can handle all of their emotions, their pain, just someone who truly loves and cares for them and watches over them. And so I would just say to anyone who is listening, if you're struggling or if you know someone who is struggling, there is a place where hope can be found and um, our doors are open to you. We would love to have the privilege of walking with you in the journey of freedom, of finding this freedom and finding this hope. And, um, and so we're just excited to get to connect with you. And thank you so much for this opportunity to share about Adult and Teen Challenge. It's thank been you. such an Thank you, privilege. Dolly. Thank you, Dolly. Uh, okay, finish it up. <laughs> experience, strength, and hope. Okay. So uh, I would say from my experience uh, going from drug addict to uh, sobriety, um, it would be I felt like I was robbed. and I was Of time? just robbed of everything, robbed of everything. Just there was so much innocence that was taken from me. Just, just robbed of like my time with my kids, like just robbed. I just felt robbed of everything. And, uh, uh, God just literally turned everything around to where I went from full blown hate. I couldn't stand anybody to so much love that I loved everybody that I met. Like that's what I walk in today is the love of Jesus, the 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 Christ that flows from me. It's no longer that anger or like hostility. It's it's just love that pours out of me. Like when I would go on DATs, you know, I'd pray for everybody. Like, please let me pray for you. Like I see you struggling and like just speaking truth, you know, out of love. And so 
Yeah. All right. I couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> All right. And your, uh, your hopes for the future. Um, you know, I have hopes for restoration that even when the world tells me no, that God made me a promise and uh, my hope is for restoration with my kids and to have a future. I am currently taking psychology courses. Um, uh, I'm like three and a half months in doing great. Um, God is going to provide everything that I need, whatever I go through. And, you know, um, I want ministry and I want a family and God's going to work everything out. Even though I cannot see it right now, I'm trusting in God because I don't care what the world says. Great answer. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you, we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank you, Kay. I want to thank you for uh, Dolly for coming in. Gary's in the background. Uh, and I'm going to, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. The Jessica, I'm sorry. Thank you for coming. And we have uh, Lisa, Rachel, Ricky, Chrissy, uh, and Raul in the background. And you talk too much, uh, uh, Ronnie. Uh, um, I want to thank everybody for being here. And I, and I want you guys to know something. Do you know that the lie is dead? Do you all know this? That's right. That's you know right. why? We do recover, right? That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming.